everyone, I'm Tony Shackle, pastor of Farm Hill Church. Our mission is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. We're so glad that you've tuned into this sermon podcast today. We believe that the message that you're about to hear is going to bless your soul. Be sure to check out the many other sermon and worship service podcasts we have available for you. You can also find additional resources and information about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or look us up on Facebook. Or better yet, make plans to join us during one of our upcoming live services. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and for Bible study every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Now let's get right into today's message. Morning with a with a verse of scripture from Luke chapter number one, verse number seventeen. The Bible says, He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This word, amen, today is a, is a message from the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, to a man named Zacharias. And Zacharias, if you remember him, was the father or would become the father of a man by the name of John the Baptist. And the angel gave John the Baptist a prophecy concerning his son, John, that was to be born. He said that John was going to come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. And he was going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And that his coming was going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. To turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You see, Jesus was coming and preparations had to be made. And as we sit here today, I mean, I think we could all agree with this statement. That we are so close to the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. End-time prophecies are being fulfilled on a daily basis. Jesus could return at any moment. And that should stir us up this morning. Amen? That should wake us up to realize that we've got a lot of work to do and not a lot of time to do it. And I believe in these last days that there is going to be another great awakening in the church that is going to sweep across this nation and this world. I say great awakening instead of revival because I believe for the most part, amen, the church itself is not dead. When you're dead, you need reviving. But what I think the church world is in today, the condition that she finds herself in today, is the church as a whole is asleep. The church has become comfortable where she is. And like Samson in the Old Testament was rocked to sleep when he laid his head down in the lap of Delilah, and Delilah took away the source of his strength, so too the church has been rocked to sleep by the devil and has lost its connection to its strength and its power. You see, the church has allowed the enemy, the devil, to take away its anointing. 
The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit that sets us apart for the work of God and empowers us for that service. You must understand that we as the church must have and we need the anointing of God upon our lives. Without the anointing of God, we are nothing more than a social club. Without the anointing of God on our lives, we are no, no more, amen, this morning than a stained glass masquerade. Amen. There is no power and there is no authority where there is no anointing upon the people of God. Because without the anointing, the church of Jesus Christ, amen, it cannot be and will not be what he has called it to be. Because Jesus Christ himself operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And here's the news I want to give you this morning before we get into this message. Jesus is coming soon. And Jesus is not coming back after a church with a case of spiritual narcolepsy. Jesus is coming back after a church that is alive, that is alert, and that is active. Can somebody say amen this morning? Jesus is coming back after a church that is operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming back after a church that has made itself ready. Jesus is coming back after a church, the Bible says, without spot and without blemish. Jesus, Brother Chuck, is coming after a church. He's coming back for a church that is full of faith this morning. Jesus is coming back after a church that is, at, that is about the Father's business. Now, I told you last week that we were moving forward. If you were here, amen, you know what we're talking about. Amen, we're moving forward in the name of Jesus. Well, this week we're moving forward into, I think, what God has laid upon my heart is going to be a series of messages that we're going to call God is on the move. God is on the move. And I believe that a move of God is getting ready to sweep across this world and this nation. I believe that God is getting ready to pour out His anointing upon men and women, upon boys and girls, upon all of those who are hungry and thirsting after righteousness uh, and who are seeking Him for more in their lives. So you might as well go ahead and get in and get with me this morning. <laughs> Amen, because, amen, I am, uh, I'm going to get in, amen, because I believe that it is coming and it is on its way. And God is not going to waste his precious anointing on Christians who are spiritually asleep. He is going to pour out his spirit and his anointing on some Elijah's who are going to be willing to step out in the middle of the darkness and the sickness and the depravity that is going on in this world today uh, and take a stand for God uh, and say we, uh, amen, are going, uh, amen, to serve Him and Him alone this morning. Amen. He's going to pour it out on our sons uh, and our daughters. The Bible says your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Can somebody say amen? The Bible says your old men, Brother Chuck, are going to dream dreams. 
and your young men, amen, in here are going to see visions. Amen. I believe, amen, that God is getting ready to sweep across this world, amen, another, amen, great revival that is going to reach the hearts and lives of those that need it this morning. And it's up to us. It's going to be up to us as the church of Jesus Christ, not just Farm Hill Church, but all the other churches. Amen. I don't know how many churches we got right here in this area on this street that are named Farm Hill something. Come on. We got to call. We almost had to name ourselves Farm Hill Church that's next to the park so people would know who we are. We got Farm Hill Baptist, we got Farm Hill Methodist, we got Harvest, we got, amen, just right here in spitting distance, uh, amen, we got churches all over the place, uh, and it's going to take some men and women, some boys and girls uh, who will get on fire for God and say, uh, amen, we're going to move forward in the power and in the spirit of Elijah, because we believe uh, that God is not dead, uh, and God is not asleep, uh, but God is alive, uh, amen, today, and he is on the move, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter number 2. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter number 2. And I'm going to pick up reading at verse number 8. And I'm going to read down through verse number 15. 2 Kings chapter 2. Beginning at verse number 8. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them, Elijah and Elisha, crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Amen. The title of this message that I'm going to try to preach this morning is this. Where is the Lord God 
of Elijah. Amen. Will you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, as we enter this part of the service this morning, God, I ask you first of all, God, to anoint me. God, to preach and to teach and to proclaim, God, the message that you've laid upon my heart this morning to preach. I ask you, Lord, also this day to anoint the ears and the hearts and the minds of the hearers who will receive this message today. God, and I pray, God, that every hindrance, I pray, God, that every distraction, God, would be removed this morning. And I pray, God, that uh, not my words and not my name, God, be proclaimed in this place today. But hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ. God, put me, God, where you would have me to be. And let me only speak that which you would have me to speak. And I pray, God, that that word go out, God, into the hearers, God, today. And it accomplish what you send it out to do. And I know it will not return back void this morning. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen at me. And amen. Hallelujah. Where is the Lord God? Of Elijah. You see, Elijah prophesied during a time of great moral and spiritual decline in Israel. There was great evil all throughout Israel. Most of Israel's kings failed to follow the ways of God. You know this, especially those of you that are following along with us on Wednesday nights in our Bible study. We just came through kings and chronicles and all of that and uh, you get to read and see just how many of Israel's kings failed to follow the ways of God these kings and leaders amen that were in Israel led the people to follow all kind of strange gods and idolatry and wickedness and witchcraft and all kind of garbage and mess and they turned their hearts toward evil there was rampant sexual perversion all throughout the nation of Israel. And even when they did worship, it was a distorted, watered-down version of what God had called them to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a day and in an hour today that is much like it was in the days of Elijah. In fact, in many ways, we could probably say that uh, the days that we live in today are much worse than it was in the days of Elijah. We've talked about this over the last several weeks, and we bring it up from time to time. But the Bible said there would come a day and an hour where evil would be called good and good would be called evil. If that is not a description of the sin-filled world and nation that we live in today. I don't know what is. You think about just about anything you want to think about this morning. What used to be good is now considered evil. And what used to be evil is now considered good. Amen. You go back and watch television shows like I Love Lucy. You go back and watch, uh, amen, Barney Fife and Andy. Come on. Some of y'all know what I'm still talking about. <laughs> I know my two do because their grandfather, amen, I think he could quote every episode. 
Amen. Think about where we have come in one generation, maybe two generations. Evil is called good, and good is called evil. The Bible said there will come a time when the love of many will wax cold. If we don't live in a day and an hour today where the coldness is just so evident in the world around us, I don't know what is. And you don't have to get too far outside the doors of the church to find it. It's not just in the world. It's all over the place. We live in a day and a time today when senseless murders and the killing of innocent babies has become an everyday occurrence. I know it's going to get quiet, but I'm going to preach you the truth this morning. We live in a time this morning where many of the leaders of our nation have forgotten the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded upon and have laid their heads down in the lap of the devil himself. We live in a time when sexual perversion is at an all-time high. We live in a time when false doctrine and watered-down Christianity has taken over the church. And we live in a time where many are turning away from the faith. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand this morning that you and I as Bible-believing Christians who stand for the truths of God's Word... In the United States of America today, whether you want to admit it or not, we are a minority. The generations that are being brought up today are going in a completely different direction than when the ways that we were brought up and the ways that we were raised. Y'all bear with me. It's going to be slow at the beginning. I'm going to get somewhere in a minute. i got to lay the foundation. <laughs> in the day and the hour that we live in today, some of us never thought we would see it. But the day and the hour is upon us where you and I as Bible-believing Christians are going to be persecuted for what we believe in. You're going to be persecuted for standing for the truths of God's Word. You're going to be persecuted and put down for wearing a cross around your neck or wearing a t-shirt that talks about Jesus. I never thought I would see the day. Well, I will have to defend myself where I work. I never thought I would see the day when the leadership, not only this in the White House, or not only this in the governor's house, or not only this in the mayor's house, or the city council, but sit in the seats of the leaders of our communities and our jobs that we have to go out into every day that no longer value the Word of God 
And I'm trying to bring you to a realization this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, the condition of our world and of our nation will not get better. The Bible says perilous times are going to come. That it's going to grow worse and worse as the, as the days and the hours march on. That political extremism, hate-filled propaganda, and turning what is good in God's Word into something that is evil and persecuting us for what we stand for is going to become the norm. And what God is calling us to do in this hour that we are living in is first of all to wake up and realize what's happening around us. You can stick your head in the sand and you can hide all you want, Mr. or Mrs. Ostrich. Go ahead. In the revival or the great awakening or whatever term that you want to use that is about to come upon the church world today will pass you by. Because I don't care how dark the darkness gets in this world. I don't care how many of our political leaders and our religious leaders and our pastors and our teachers and our prophets and our apostles and our evangelists want to lay their head down in the lap of Delilah and fall asleep while the enemy snatches away the anointing and the power that God wants to place upon our life and has placed upon our life. I don't care how dark the darkness gets out there. God is still on the move. Amen. God is always going to have a remnant. He's always going to have a people. He's always going to have a group, uh, amen, that He has His anointing and His power on. And today, I want to be one of those that God can look at and say, that's one that I can use. That's one that's ready. That's one that's awake, that's alert, that's listening. Amen to what I am saying to them today. Amen. I want that same for you. Amen. Even during the time of Elijah, amen, where all the evil was going on around him, God was still on the move. And God raised up this prophet Elijah and placed his anointing upon him in a time when it felt like and seemed like the darkness was so dark that there was no hope. And I want you to think about some of the things that God did through Elijah's life. First of all, this man Elijah prayed. And the heavens were shut up, and it did not rain for three and a half years. God raised up this prophet Elijah, who during a time of famine, prayed. And God looked after him, and God said, I want you to go down to the brook that is called Cherith. And I am going to take care of you there. And God sent ravens 
with food and nourished and fed Elijah by the brook Cherith. I want you to know that today the spirit and power that was on Elijah, he went to a place after he left Cherith, amen, called Zarephath. And there was a widow there who had a, who had a, a young son. And the Bible says, amen, that that woman was in a desperate place. She didn't have anything, and she was about to get ready to cook her last meal. And God sent a prophet Elijah by and prayed with this woman. And the Bible says that the barrel of meal that she had never ran out. And the cruise of oil that was in the house never ran dry. Amen. This same man, Elijah, prayed against 450 prophets of Baal that were sent by Jezebel and evil King Ahab. And the Bible says fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice that was on the altar. And the fire from God was so hot that it licked up the water that was in the trench that Elijah had poured 12 barrels of water over the sacrifice to prove that his God was the true God. The same Elijah prayed three and a half years after that first prayer to shut up the heavens and it not rain. And God opened up the heavens and the rain began to fall once again. Amen. Can I tell you this morning, God is always going to have some people. God is going to have some Elijahs. God is going to have, uh, amen, a remnant and a people of God uh, that He can use uh, and pour His anointing out into. Uh, I don't care how dark it gets, uh, and I don't care how bad it gets, uh, and I don't care which direction this nation goes. God is always going to be on the move. Hallelujah. But as great as Elijah's ministry was, there came a time when it had to come to an end. And Elijah knew this. And he knew he was about to be taken up into heaven. And so, if you remember the story, Elijah, after he left the cave, where God spoke to him in that small, still voice, God had told him, I want you to anoint Elisha to carry on the prophetic ministry after you. And Elijah finds himself in this moment where he has, he knows he's about to leave. He knows God's about to take him to heaven. And so he looks at Elisha, his predecessor, the one that's been following around, the one that's been with him through some of these things that we talked about. And he asks Elisha, what can I do for you before I leave? And Elisha says, oh, that I may have a double portion of the anointing that is on your life, Elijah. <laughs> Amen. And Elijah knew that that prophetic anointing was going to have to be transferred down to somebody else. Somebody else was going to have to take up the prophetic mantle that Elijah was going to leave behind. And Elijah knew, although God had already spoken to him, Elijah knew it was not his place to declare who that person was going to be. It was God's place. How many know God's anointing comes from Him, not from man? Man. The anointing had to be passed down to the next generation. Amen. And Elijah responded to 
I mean, Elijah responded to Elisha's request and said, You ask a difficult or a hard thing, but if you see me when I'm taken up into heaven, you'll have what you ask for. But if you don't see me taken up into heaven, you won't have what you ask for. But I want you to notice this morning, first of all, the importance of what Elisha asked for this morning. He asked for an anointing of Elijah to be upon him. You see, Elisha didn't ask for a new anointing. Elisha didn't ask for a new anointing. He asked for the same anointing that was on Elijah to be upon him. Ladies and gentlemen, we might be living in a new generation and we might be facing some new problems uh, and there might be uh, some new darkness that is going on in a world uh, amen, that is around us. Uh, but let me say plainly this morning that uh, if we are going to accomplish uh, what God wants us to accomplish, we're going to do it with the same anointing that Elijah had? We're going to do it with the same anointing that Elisha had? We're going to do it with the same anointing that Robert Porter had? Can somebody say amen? You talk about Memorial Day. Amen. Let me just memorialize just for a moment this morning. Y'all bear with me. I thank God for the men and the women, the generals of the faith, that have gone on before us and have made their journey to glory, amen, who have paved the way for you and I today. This church would not be here if it were not for the generals of the faith uh, who stood, uh, amen, when it got dark, uh, who stood uh, when they said shut it down, uh, who stood uh, when they said uh, you'll never make it. Thank God. For some men and women, amen, who fought the good fight of faith uh, and who laid down their lives, uh, amen, in faith and said, you know what, uh, I got a better place to go, but I'm, I'm going to pass the mantle down to the next generation. Every generation that comes and goes, there is a passing down of the mantle from one to the other. And it is not a new anointing that is going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. It is that same anointing that is going to get passed down that is going to do God's work. Now, I told y'all last week, the Bible says in one place, God says, Behold, I do a new thing in Israel. God might do some new things, but He'll always use the same anointing. It'll always be the same Holy Spirit. It'll always be the same power. Because how many know He's the same yesterday, today, and forever? God doesn't change. We have changed. And the church world today, amen, has changed. Amen. But I'm here to tell us, amen, this morning. Uh, amen. The Bible also says, uh, amen, in the same, uh, amen, Bible that you read, behold, I do a new thing. Uh, the same Bible says that you and I are to seek out the old paths. What does that mean? That means, can I just put it in? I got to be careful when I... I got in trouble the other night for saying Farm Hill, Alabama. I live in Alabama, y'all, so it's hard. I don't care if you're in South Alabama 
or Northwest Florida. Let me give it to you, amen, in our neck of the woods terminology. If it was good enough for mama and daddy, it's good enough for me. If it was good enough for grandma and grandpa, it's good enough for me. Amen. If it was uh, good enough, uh, amen, for the old saints of God that had gone on. I mean, just look around here just for a minute. Those of you that have been in this church, uh, you know, look around uh, and start to think about the gray hairs, uh, amen, the, the men and the women of God. Uh, amen. Even some of the young ones that have passed on that are not here anymore, that have gone on to glory. Uh, amen. If it was good enough for them, amen, back then, uh, it's good enough for me today. And he's the same God that can shut up the heavens, that can open it back up, that can make the the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil, amen, run over in abundance, amen, that can feed us with the ravens from heaven and manna from heaven if he's got to. Amen, this morning. You might think, uh, and we might think, and the church world might think, uh, amen, that it is, that it is just uh, the condition that we are in today and we are just doomed uh, to live in it. No, sir. I'm gonna, this ain't in my notes, but I'm going to say it. If the church world as a whole wants to go a new path and a new and a different anointing, you can count me out. I am not going to waste my time and spend my wheels and beat my head against the wall with some fake fire and some fake anointing and some powerless preaching and some powerless praying and some powerless, uh, amen, pew sitters, uh, amen, that ain't got a power uh, in them, uh, amen, to move a, amen, mustard seed of faith, uh, must less move the mountain. Come on. I want the true spirit of God, amen, in my heart, in my life. I still believe in a God that says you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I still believe in a God that can open up blinded eyes. I still believe in a God that can open up deaf ears. I still believe in a God, amen, who can get up, amen, somebody who's in a wheelchair that ain't walked for 30 years and walk. I still believe in a God who can save the worst sinner that you could imagine by the power of his grace. I wasn't going to mention names, but she keeps coming back to my mind, so I'm just going to mention her. Is evil, I'm going to get myself in a political mess right here, but it's okay. Is evil, and is twisted, and is messed up as Nancy Pelosi is. You know, God could still save her. Now, that's a miracle, y'all. Come on. That's a miracle right there. Woo. Did you see it, amen, and over in California? I think it was San Francisco. Maybe that's where she's from. Uh, the archdiocese, amen, there in, in San Francisco says, I'm not going to serve you communion anymore because of your stance on abortion. I applaud you, sir. 
Now, she can go to New York, and she can go to Washington, D.C., and she can take communion wherever she wants to take. But I applaud a man of God, uh, amen, uh, whoever he is and whatever denomination he is, uh, it'll stand up, uh, amen, uh, be an Elisha in these last days, uh, to be an Elijah in these last days. It says, uh, I don't care what you say. Uh, I care what he says in his word, and that's what I'm standing on. Amen. Praise God. God is on the move. I believe it. Amen. Now I want you to also notice, amen, what Elisha asked for. Not only did he just ask for the anointing that was upon Elijah. By the way, probably somewhere through this, I'm going to say Elijah or Elisha wrong. Is You're just going to have to overlook me because it is hard, y'all. They all get together there when you start mentioning them at the same time. Hallelujah. I've preached messages before on Elisha, and it was Elijah the whole time. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. He does. Notice also that Elijah, I said it, I did it right there. Elisha, say shuh, Elisha, <laughs> asked for a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah. And a lot of times we say, well, he asked for a double portion of the Spirit because he wanted to do twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Well, the Bible bears that out, actually. You can read through it, and there's somewhere there, depending on how you want to divide them up and look at it. Amen. You look at the miracles that are recording for Elijah, and you look at the ones recorded for Elisha, and it seems to be about twice as many that Elisha does during his ministry. But that's not at the heart of what Elisha was asking Elijah for in this moment you got to go all the way back to Deuteronomy and to the Mosaic Law. And there was the law of the firstborn son. And the firstborn son was to receive a double portion of the inheritance of the father. The firstborn got double. The rest of the sons got a single portion. And it was divided up that way. So you see what Elisha is asking for because Elijah is not Elisha's biological father. But he is his spiritual father. And Elisha is asking Elijah for him to consider him as the firstborn son. He's basically saying, you ain't my biological father, but I want you to be my spiritual father. And I want to receive, out of all the sons of the prophets that are gathered together, I want to receive the double portion of the spirit and anointing that is upon you. Amen. And Elijah tells him, son, you've asked something very, very difficult, and I'm not sure it's going to be up to God, so I'm going to prophesy one last prophecy. If you see me go up, it's yours. And you know the story. God answered Elisha's prayer. And as Elijah is taken up into heaven in a whirlwind and chariots of fire, the Bible says that Elijah's mantle falls to the ground. Now, the mantle was an outer coat. It was an outer garment that the prophets wore that made them stand out from the others. You knew when you saw a prophet, he was a prophet because he had the prophet's mantle on and Elisha goes back then to the Jordan River that they had crossed to get to this spot where Elijah's taken up into heaven. And he takes up the mantle that Elijah had, and he rolled it up. 
And the Bible says that Elisha stands there on the bank of the Jordan River, amen, that has come back together. The river is flowing again, and he takes that mantle, and he strikes the water, and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the Bible says the water parted one more time. The last miracle that Elijah performed was the first miracle that Elisha performed. And it was a sign from heaven because all the other prophets said, man, the spirit and power of Elijah is on Elisha. He is the one. And it was a sign that God had answered Elisha's prayer that the prophetic mantle in Israel was going to pass down from him and he was going to take on, amen, the ministry and the anointing that was there, amen, upon Elijah. And as I said, Elisha goes on to perform so many great and wonderful miracles in the Word of God. In fact, perhaps twice as many as Elijah performed. The point is this, and this is where I want to get to this morning. All that was just the introduction, by the way. The message is going to be short and sweet. Elisha cries out this phrase, and I want to ask you this phrase this morning. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Because we can look around at what has taken place in our world today, and we can ask that question, we can ponder that thought in our minds, where is the Lord God of Elijah? We look at what took place. It has been mentioned this morning. I'll mention it again. What has taken place in Uvalde, Texas. Correct me if I'm wrong, but last count I heard 19 children and two teachers lost their lives when a crazed gunman walked in and began to open fire on a school in Texas. What a horrific tragedy. And it makes me ponder the question this morning, where is the Lord God of Elijah? When we face things like this. Now I'll pause here just for a minute since it's Memorial Day. Kudos and thank you to the Border Patrol agents they said, we're going to break protocol. Because one of them said, my wife is in there. And I don't care if he kills me or not. I'm going in there. Kudos to those men, women, I don't know who it was, who walked in that school with no fear and said, we're going to take this guy out. He can take me out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to sit by and watch my family, my wife, and these children die. What a tragedy that these young lives had to be taken out of this world. And a senseless crime that will probably never make sense to any of us. And it's easy to look in those moments and say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Think about what's been taking place in Ukraine. I don't know that we know all of the, the evil and the things that have happened in that country since Russia began its invasion. But I can tell you there are people over there today that are hurting, that are injured, that have lost loved ones, that have lost everything that they have, 
Now, I know it's the Orthodox Church over there for the most part, but I, I guarantee you they're calling out and they're crying out to God. Say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? You look at what's taken place over the last two years plus with this COVID-19 pandemic. And my God, it just seems like it just will not end, right? <laughs> Probably stuck with this thing like we are the flu and everything else. And I don't know about you, but I've lost some friends and some loved ones. I've lost some of those good old gray-haired generals of the faith through this pandemic. And I look at it sometimes and I go, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I look around at the church world today at church ministries that are being destroyed as a result of sexual perversion that's going on from behind the pulpit. So I'm going to step on preacher's toes for just a minute. It seems like every week I read another story about another pastor who has failed. That has given in, that has laid his, his head down in the lap of Delilah. And has given in to the snares of the devil in his life. And we pray for them. And we pray God restore them. And we pray God forgive them because he can and he will. I ask though, as I look across this world, the church world and the condition of sin, where's the Lord God of Elijah? But as I told you this morning, no matter how dark the darkness may seem, God is always on the move. And I can tell you this morning that I feel down in my spirit and in my soul that God is getting ready to do something, amen, in this nation and in this world, amen, and in this community, and dare I say it, in this church. And God sometimes has to start with a remnant because I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I've told you this before, I would prefer that I had, uh, amen, 15 or 20 that are filled with the power of God uh, and are in it for the right reasons uh, than have the pew filled, uh, amen, with those that are not. I'll take some. We'll get them saved and delivered and on fire for God. <laughs> amen. But we're not going to advance the kingdom of God without the power and the anointing of God upon our lives. And I believe in this last day, God is still on the move. And I believe God is wanting to do some things, uh, amen, in our midst. Uh, and I believe He's going to have a remnant, church, uh, and He's going to have some people who will seek His face. Huh. I believe He's going to have some troops who are going to go out onto the battlefield. I'm still not convinced, amen, this morning, amen, that we hadn't already started. It may not look like it right now, but I cannot tell you the foundations uh, have already been laid, uh, amen, the building uh, is being built up uh, into a spiritual house. Uh, I told you all that back in the beginning of this year, and God is on the move uh, in our lives today. Uh, and I believe uh, from the gray old, uh, amen, haired men uh, that sit in our congregation uh, to the youngest, uh, amen, that come, uh, amen, on Sunday morning uh, and Wednesday night. God is going to pour out his anointing on those that want it. And I don't know about you this morning, but I want it. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that God is getting his people ready in this last day for a great awakening and a spiritual harvest that will shake the foundations of the kingdom of darkness. Turn this world upside down and turn people's lives back right side up. Come on. So this morning, this question, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'm going to turn it from a question to a statement this morning because I don't know about you and where you are in your relationship with God right now, but I know where God is and I know what he's about and I know what he's about to do. And I declare this morning, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He is here. He's on the throne. He's still working. He's still on the move. Amen. And he'll move in your life if you'll let him do it this morning. Hallelujah. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You see, Elisha knew that the power was not in the mantle itself. You understand that, right? The power was not in Elijah himself. Although, you know what Elisha's last miracle was? Anybody take a guess? You can blurt it out if you know. Can I declare to you today, Elisha's final miracle occurred after he died and was buried. There's a war going on. And there's a man who dies in this war. And the people take this man who has died and they throw him in a tomb. It just so happens that the tomb that they threw this man into was the tomb of Elisha where his bones were buried. And the Bible says as soon as that dead man touched the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. Come on, somebody. That's a miracle. Come on. The dead, dried up, marrowless bones of the prophet brought a dead man back to life. I'm here to tell you, the same anointing that was on Elisha is the same anointing that is available to you and to I this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's the Lord God of Elisha? Elijah? Hey man, Elisha knew it wasn't Elijah and it wasn't that mantle. It was the power of God that was upon his life. Elisha said, Elijah might be gone. A great prophet of God might be gone. The revivals of yesterday might be gone. And they might be over. The great camp meetings that used to take place under the old brush harbor in Bearno Park, come on, and Little River, and Rabin, and other places that I know of and I've been to. All of those may be gone. They've packed it up, shut it down. The generals of the faith might have already crossed over the Jordan and been taken up into glory. Brother and Sister Porter aren't coming back. And we wouldn't want them to if they could. 
the great men and women of God who have gone on before us, they can't come back. What God is saying this morning, church, it's time for you to realize your place in the kingdom of God is to take up the mantle that has been passed down from the generals of the faith that we remember this morning. It's your job to take up the anointing and the power and the presence of God in your life and continue it on so that it does not die and it does not dry up. I mean, it is your opportunity this morning to raise up yourself in the name of Jesus and take up the mantle amen, that has been left for you and cry out and say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's here. He's on the throne and he's on the move this morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb God today. I believe that God is on the move and He's raising up a generation to face the darkness and the problems that exist today. And God is going to give them the power to overcome the darkness that they face. Amen. There is no darkness too dark that the light can't shine through. I'm going to say that again. It wasn't in my notes, but it's good. There is no darkness too dark that the light of God cannot shine through. Hey man, they can put whoever they want to put in the White House and the State House and the Congress and everywhere else. They can't keep God out of the White House and they can't keep Him out of Congress and they can't keep Him out, amen, of our Governor's House and they can't keep Him out of our church and our lives this morning. Did you know that? And the darkness will not overcome the light. God's light will always overcome the darkness. And I believe he's pouring out that anointing on the, some of those that are hungry and thirsty. Amen. For it today. Let me ask you this. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's still here, isn't he? He's the same God today as he was for Elijah and Elisha. He's still the same God today as he was for the generals of faith who have gone on to glory. But the mantle's being passed down. And the next generation is being raised up. And that I believe this generation that we are in right now, I believe this, it is the generation that we are in right now that will see the return of Jesus Christ. And I believe God is going to pour out His anointing and spirit into some vessels of honor that have been prepared and are fit for the master's use. So my prayer for me this morning is this. This is my prayer. God, I want a double portion of your spirit to be poured out upon me. God, I want a double portion of your spirit, your power, and your anointing to be poured out upon the members of this church. And I want the power and the anointing and a double portion of your spirit to be poured out uh, on Farm Hill Methodist uh, and Farm Hill Baptist uh, and Harvest. Uh, amen. And uh, the, the venue, I don't even know the names of all these churches. Uh, amen. But wherever they are uh, and wherever, uh, amen, they go uh, and wherever you go, uh, amen, I pray that that same spirit and power and anointing rest upon us.
Church, let's pick up the mantle that the generals of the faith left behind. Can I just pause here just for a second? I'm done, I promise. Let me just pause here for a second and say this. I won't say across the board, and I won't say everybody, and I won't say those that are here today. But I'll just say this. If the shoe fits, go ahead and wear it. There are... There are some mantles that I see laying on the floor this morning. There are some mantles that the generals of the faith, the soldiers on the battlefield that have gone to glory, there's some mantles that are still laying on the ground. Because some of you hadn't picked them up. Because you're waiting on somebody else to do it. But I declare to you this morning, there is no one else who can pick up your mantle. There is no one else who can pick up your anointing. There is no one else who can pick up the calling that is upon your life. And as long as you refuse to pick up the mantle, that mantle will lay there, unused ineffective but I'm asking you this morning to be willing I ain't asking you to be perfect I'm asking you to be willing to move into the calling that God has upon your life and take up that mantle to take up that anointing, to take up that calling that is upon your life and hold it up proudly once again and declare to this world where is the Lord God of Elijah to proclaim in full assurance of the faith this morning the Lord God of Elijah, he is here He's on the throne, and he's still on the move. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you for bearing with me through this message today. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I hope you can leave this place this morning with no doubt in your mind that the Lord God of Elijah is still alive. That he's still on the move. That he's still working. That he has not forsaken us or forgotten us or left us. I hope you leave this place this morning with the understanding that God has a remnant. God has a people. God will always have a group of people, no matter how big or how small they are, who are truly on fire for him and seeking after him. And God will always pour out his spirit on those who are willing to receive it. God will always pour out his callings and his anointing on those that are willing to take up the mantle and declare, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I thank God this morning for the generals that have gone on before us. And I like to remember back to those days. But ladies and gentlemen, 
as good as those days were, and as powerful and as anointed as those generals of the faith were, I'm just going to go ahead and declare this right now. The best days of the church, I ain't talking about the world. I said the best days of the church are not behind us, they are before us. We are going to see the greatest harvest that this world has ever seen in these last days. I believe God is going to give us the opportunity and already has started and already is doing it now to minister and preach to the entirety of the world. That God is going to let ministries and churches begin to reach out in a way that they never have before. And my prayer for us today is that we not be a, a church, amen, today that has a bad case of spiritual narcolepsy, amen, that can't keep ourselves spiritually awake, amen, and not have our heads laid down in the lap of Delilah, amen, and let the, the devil, the enemy, take the power and the anointing upon our lives. But I pray, amen, that we be a remnant, amen, a people, a church, amen, who will let the power of God rest upon us, who will take up that powerful mantle, amen, whatever it is that God has called us to do and declare to this world, we know the Lord God of Elijah. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray in this place this morning, if there be somebody here, God, today who needs a touch, who needs a miracle, who needs, God, a healing, who needs, God, a deliverance, God, today, I pray that you meet the need. I pray, God, this morning, if there are some men and women, boys and girls in this place, perhaps the word of God today has touched their heart to say, I realize I've left some mantles laying on the ground. Maybe there's some here today that would say, I'm, I'm ready, I'm willing to step out by faith. Realize I'm nothing on my own, but I'm willing to say, I know there are some mantles that God has left there for me to pick up, and I haven't picked them up, and I ask you, Lord Jesus, this morning to help me to raise up my life and my spirit to take on that uh, anointing and that presence that you want upon my life. God, I pray if there are some here today that are praying that prayer that you would touch them before we leave this service this morning. And I pray, God, today, the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of God, and I say judgment must begin in the house of God at the pastor. And so I open up my heart and my life before you, God, today. And I, God, repent of the times, God, that I've left mantles laying on the floor, on the ground. God, I repent of the times, God, that I have allowed the enemy to lure me to sleep, spiritually speaking, God, in my life. And I pray, God, today, God, as this message has touched my life this morning, that I leave here this morning with full assurance that God is still on the move. I know I can turn that question this morning. Where is the Lord God of Elijah into a statement of faith? And stand upon this statement of faith and declare it, God, as we, God, move forward, God, in those mantles, God, in those anointings and those callings that you placed upon our lives. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's right here. Where is the Lord God of Elijah going? I don't know. He's on the move, but he's going to be here and I'm going with him. God, if you're on the move, I'm going with you. God, I don't want to sit still and you pass us by. I want this to be a haven, God, for the hurting. God, I want this to be a place this morning 
for the Spirit of God to rest upon our lives. And God, I ask it, Lord, today, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We pray it has been a blessing and encouragement to you. Don't forget you can find out more about our church by visiting our website at farmhillchurch.faithlifesites.com or you can look us up on Facebook. May God bless you and we look forward to seeing you at Farm Hill Church very soon.